everybody, and welcome back to the Decal Download Podcast, your source for the latest news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning from downtown Atlanta here in the Twin Towers with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. I'm Reg Griffin. We appreciate you joining us this week. You can always find us at decal.ga.gov or we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and more. Well, starting last month, DECAL announced that student parents are now a priority group for receiving financial assistance through Georgia's Child Care and Parent Services Program. CAPS is a program administered by DECAL that helps pay for child care for families with no to low incomes so they can work or attend school. And Commissioner, adding this new priority group is a major step forward in our two-generation approach to assisting young children and their families. It is. I can't think of a better example of what Tujin means, um, you know, helping the parent um, who is also a student afford childcare. We understand that one of the big barriers of finishing that degree or credential or whatever they may be going back to school for is access to childcare and paying for childcare. But at the same time, uh, once they are uh, successfully approved for the CAPS program, then their child has access to early learning high quality early learning environment and we know the benefits of that um, they're more likely to meet all those important benchmarks uh, like be reading being ready for kindergarten and reading on grade level and graduating and all those things so um, i can't think of a, of a better two-gen approach than this helping the student parent uh, go back to school complete that credential as well as helping their child by making sure uh, they have that experience of a high quality early learning program yeah, it really is a great example. And joining us to talk about the new student parent priority group is Elizabeth Casper, Deputy Commissioner for the CAPS program. Naisha Banks-DeVore is a wife, mom of four, and entrepreneur. She's a community justice fellow with 9 to 5 Georgia, public benefits specialist at Savannah Technical College, and how does she have time for all this? A DECAL family peer ambassador. She also has a degree in business administration and is currently studying nonprofit management and public information at Georgia Southern University before she takes over the entire world. Naisha is ready to go. And Dr. Megan McBride is with Georgia Piedmont Technical College in Clarkston. She received CAPS when she was getting her GED, and now she has a PhD and is vice president of adult education at the college. Two amazing stories. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for so Elizabeth, let's start by really better defining the CAPS program for listeners who may not know about it. This is a program that helps families find high quality early learning programs, maintain stability in their child care arrangements, and connects families with resources to help them become self-sufficient by supporting the whole family, right? Yeah, so CAPS helps families pay for childcare while they work or go to school um, is probably the best way to boil it down into one sentence. Um, and in order to be eligible for CAPS, you have to be in one of our priority groups. And, um, and as we've already talked about, student parents is our newest addition to that group. In addition to that, you would have to meet our income requirements based on um, income and family size as well as a state approved activity requirement. Those are the main ones. There are a few others, but those are our main um, eligibility requirements for CAPS. Well, Elizabeth, according to research, one in five college students in the US is a parent. So uh, we, of course, were excited to add student parents as a priority group 
That's correct. I know you're going to say yes, but this really helps students focus on their education without the stress of finding affordable, high quality childcare. Talk a little about all that. Sure. So we know from the research that one of the biggest barriers for student parents is finding childcare as well as affording childcare. And so the goal of adding this priority group was to do what we could to be able to remove that barrier for student parents. And so that's why it's so exciting. And I know you talked a little bit in the beginning about um, two generational strategies, and I agree with you completely that this is a really great example um, of two generation approach or strategy in action. Now we're promoting this new financial assistance to student parents, and we're working with the 22 colleges that make up the technical college system of Georgia. They're kind of a natural partner in this process, right, Elizabeth? Yeah, that's correct. So we um, have done some partner in partnership with them, some um, blasts out to the various campuses with um, not only just letting them know about this information, but making sure that the student navigators and special pops um, uh, coordinators, I think is their title, um, are, are informed about this new priority group so that they can share it with their, um, the folks that they work with. And then um, we um, have done as much, as much um, media coverage as we can as well to try to get the word out there. Um, we want to make sure that all the student parents um, are aware that this is an opportunity um, that they may be able to take advantage of. Well, what has the response been to this new priority group and exactly what can students be doing? I know we've got this question a little bit. Is it technical college or pursuing a bachelor's degree? And what about vocation, other vocational schools? That's a great question. So the response has been amazing since we implemented the priority group in the beginning of May of this year, we've received nearly 1500 applications um, under this specific priority group. So we're very excited about that. Um, and then as far as what uh, educational program might make you eligible, that can range anywhere from a, um, somebody who's working on achieving their high school diploma or their GED or other adult education, English as a second language classes, that sort of thing, um, all the way through vocational training um, and um, technical college certificates of credit, technical diplomas, um, somebody who's participating in WorkSource Georgia and um, somebody who is, of course, pursuing their associate's degree or their bachelor's degree. So all of those, there's, there's very little that doesn't qualify if it is truly an education program or a vocational training program. Well, we're excited to be joined by two student parents who have benefited from the CAPS program, Nyasha. Um, we were talking about her down in uh, South Georgia and um, we wanted to talk to you, Naisha, about how has CAPS benefited you? How has it helped you in your personal and professional life? And, and can you talk a little bit about how much of your budget was going toward childcare uh, without CAPS? Yeah, absolutely. So um, CAPS funding has actually been a huge blessing. I was a single mom of two when I first started receiving it because I moved back to Georgia from California and it was hard maintaining employment because I couldn't afford childcare. And when my eldest started pre-K, 
Um, I was paying $80 a week to home daycare for my infant because that's all I was able to afford. And even that was a stretch, to be honest. Um, But I learned that because I had a child in a lottery funded pre-K program, I may have been eligible for a CAPS priority group at that time. So I applied and I was approved. And um, the good thing is I only had to pay $40 a week for my infant due to CAPS and um, CAPS supplemented the rest. So my eldest was able to attend before and aftercare for like $19 a week. So because of that, I was able to enroll back in school while working part-time, knowing that my children were safe. I was able to graduate with my associates in business administration and now able to continue my education while pursuing my bachelor's and also working in my career field. But as time went on, my household quickly grew. And with four children, ages eight, five, four, and three, obviously I had three in daycare at one time. So I don't know how we would have made it without CAPS because my children's Childcare tuition was $170 a week pre-COVID. And our family fee was only $78 a week per child. So because of um, one of my children, he has a disability, CAPS actually paid 100% of his tuition because of that. So $624 a month is a major child care bill, but and it's a lot of money, but honestly, it's a lot better than $2,040 a month with what I would have been paying. Wow. Makes a difference. <laughs> Definitely. Um, all right, Megan, how about you? How has CAPS benefited you? Sure. So CAPS benefited me um, many, many years ago now. Uh, in full transparency, I was a very, very young mother. Um, I got pregnant when I was 14 years old. Um, and again, when I was 16 years old. So by the time I was 17, I had two children um, and I had dropped out of high school. I had no income. Uh, and I was in a different priority group. Um, So of course there was no student parent priority group uh, back then, Um, but I had an active CPS case, which allowed me to access um, CAPS uh, so that I could put my children in childcare. Um, At the time I I was trying to pursue my high school equivalency, a GED, um, and finding childcare for my kids was difficult. For one, I was a kid self, and I really didn't know how to navigate childcare. Um, so I was kind of piecemealing together um, childcare for my kids. It was unreliable, not high quality. Whoever I could find to watch them and, and who, you know, scrape up the money to be able to pay for it. Uh, but when I started receiving the childcare subsidy, I was able to put my kids in a daycare that was high quality and reliable. So I didn't have to worry about somebody telling me they couldn't watch my kids. I could attend school and, and my kids would be in a safe place where they were learning. Um, so I was able to attend school. Um, I went to a technical college down in Southwest Georgia uh, and I uh, acquired two diplomas um, that I would not have been able to afford to get had I had to pay for childcare on my own. Um, so eventually I became economically self-sufficient. That is why I believe the CAPS program was truly transformative for myself and my kids. Um, after I graduated, I got a full-time job and I could afford childcare on my own at that point. Um, and from there, I kind of snowballed, uh, after getting my, my full-time job, I decided to go to college and pursue a bachelor's degree. And then I just kind of kept stacking degrees and ultimately finished with a doctoral degree, um, and had it not been for, for CAPS helping to subsidize my child care, I could have never afforded uh, to go to the technical college, get my high school equivalency and get those diplomas um, to put me on a path to, to economic self-sufficiency. Wow, that's a great story. And, and you know, you cover it pretty quickly. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of time and yeah. <laughs> some amazing things, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication on your part. But you think, um, and, and I think both of you mentioned this really, because you had the CAPS program there to take care of a pretty major concern, childcare, you really, it, it could give you the peace of mind that you could legitimately focus on school. Whereas I'm thinking before, there's no way to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely not for me. Um, you know, I had two kids uh, and it was hard to find people who wanted to watch, you know, a teenager's two children uh, for very little money. Um, so being able to drop my kids off in the morning early and, and the door not being shut and them not telling me, no, you can't take your kids here today. I'm busy. I have a doctor's appointment really allowed me that that was a burden lifted off of me that allowed me to focus on school. And I'll say this when I was when I was parenting in high school. It was very challenging for me um, to feel comfortable enough to put my energy and my effort into, into being a student. I was always worried about my kids, at, or at the time I only had one child, um, but putting my kids in a safe place allowed me to really focus on school. And as a college student, I was far better academically um, and emotionally because my kids were taken care of. Um, and it really allowed me to excel um, and, and, and my success then really led to a lot more success. Like I said, it kind of snowballed in, until I was able to earn a terminal degree. Um, so hmm. yeah. I know both of you work with students on a regular basis, Megan at Georgia Piedmont and Naisha at Savannah Tech. Um, how are we doing at getting the word out about uh, these benefits and this new priority group? Naisha, how about you? What are you hearing down in Savannah? Um, well, honestly, I mean, I think it's a lot better now because more people are aware, but I will say that um, the information really wasn't dispersed throughout the schools as I would have expected because I didn't receive any communication from my university at all, even now, um, because I initially found out from a notice that was forwarded from my children's daycare provider. And then the next day I received an email because I'm currently a CAPS family member. Um, but I did disperse the information to all the students here at Savannah Tech, as well as my supervisor, who is the student navigator, and other community partners in the Savannah area. They weren't aware either, but everyone is aware now, but it's just, I don't know what happened in the beginning, but like I said, as far as some schools, they haven't sent any information about the student parent priority group. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And we can follow up on that. Megan, how about um, at Georgia Piedmont? Sure. So um, as, as you all know, you kind of put me on the rounds on the Atlanta news. Um, and so that's been uh, pretty popular uh, in the area. I've heard a lot of people who have seen the, the story. And of course, I follow um, DECAL on social media and of course, the news organizations. And I've seen um, the story get out that way, and 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 Commissioner Jacobs wrote a great op-ed in uh, in uh, Maureen Downey's column in the Atlanta Journal Constitution. I thought that was great. Um, so as you know, I serve a, a large uh, adult literacy population. Our students now can qualify um, as ESL students or adult basic education students. So we've been sharing the word with our students, and this is going to remove a, a major barrier for the students we serve who are low to no income. Um, who are not able to, to work in jobs that can provide a family sustaining wage because they're, they don't have the skills, the literacy and numeracy skills to participate meaningfully in the workforce. Um, so we've certainly been sharing it 
um, loudly and proudly here at Georgia Piedmont Technical College um, and throughout the technical college system of Georgia, because this is really going to be a game changer for the students we serve. Okay, well, Elizabeth, this one's for you. CAPS is funded by our Child Care and Development Fund uh, with federal dollars and state funds, and usually we serve about 50,000 children a week. But in November of 2021, we uh, designated some additional front funds from ARPA to expand the program to serve an additional 10,000 children, so a total of 60,000. Uh, this expansion is planned to continue through October 2024. How is all that going? It's going really well. We are close to meeting our goal of adding additional 10,000 children. We um, have been really excited to be able to help more families. And um, we're looking forward to being able to serve those additional families that we've added for another couple of years. And you know, Naisha was talking about uh, the family fee. CAPS uh, helps families pay for childcare. Uh, with most families paying a family fee based on the size and income of the family. Currently, however, we're using federal stimulus dollars uh, to implement the ACCESS initiative, which pays the provider's full published rate and the family fee. Elizabeth, what is the response to that development? It's been a really positive response, as you can imagine. Um, I know that um, both of um, our our guests on the podcast this morning went over sort of how how the dollar amounts helped them and how it broke down um, for them. Um, but with access, we're paying the full published rate. And so um, as was mentioned um, about uh, paying for children with a disability, we typically pay the full published rate for them. And we do that also for children in foster care. But right now under the access initiative, we're doing that for everybody who has a CAP scholarship. So um, I think it, it, it helps relieve a burden for families, especially um, families who've been impacted um, by the pandemic and they've experienced in some cases hours reductions or job losses. It's really helped to take one worry off of their plate of how to pay for childcare. And it also in some cases has allowed them to maybe have the resources to do something with their children like dance classes or some other extracurricular that they might not have been able to do had they not had the, the little bit of space in their budget based on um, the full published rate of their childcare being covered. Mm -hmm. And that's good uh, through when? What's the, what's the drop-off date on that? Um, we're covering um, the full cost of childcare through October of this year. Okay, great. Uh, so mark that down. You can take advantage of that while it lasts uh, here at CAPS. Um, Naisha and uh, Megan, let's uh, ask you guys, your stories are just great, by the way, and we love uh, helping you tell them to people because I think it's such an encouragement uh, to folks that are listening. Um, we love your stories up to this point in life. Now we're wondering, what are your future plans uh, in your personal lives and your careers? Naisha, let's start with you. Well, um, I just want to say, you know, um, I'm so appreciative of CAPS just because like piggybacking off something Megan said earlier and I thought about it, like I knew my baby was in good hands, but as a parent, I really hated having to choose between affordability and quality childcare. So um, I'm definitely going to continue being the best mom that I can be because I'm an advocate by nature and 
my children are my first priority. So I will continue to do outreach as I do and being a social justice advocate for families and organizing for those who have been income and justice impacted. Um, right now though, my main campaign in Savannah is, has been by way of parent surveys and outreach, talking to parents and collecting data for equitable early childcare systems that include families and providers in family, friend, and neighbor settings. So the family, friend, and neighbor care is actually the backbone of childcare for many families across Georgia. And so um, that's something that I'm, I'm really heavily doing right now. And the justice impacted families with bail reform and um, criminal justice reform as a whole. So like I said, I am an advocate. I'm an organizer. I will continue doing that. And maybe one day I'll probably run for office. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> I, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at your path and everything you're doing and that you're studying nonprofit management and public administration at Georgia Southern University, a major uh, university here in the state of Georgia. You've got uh, you got some big plans ahead. Yeah, it's, it's the groundwork and the people for me, for sure, because I definitely relate, you know. Yeah. That's great. Well, congratulations on everything and good luck uh, in the in the future. Megan, how about you? Uh, sure. And thanks for asking, Reg. Um, so presently, I'm loving what I do as vice president for adult education here at Georgia Piedmont. I do a lot of work um, at the national level um, in, in adult literacy. Um, and I kind of want to continue along that trajectory. I'm really open to, to whatever comes my way. I will say I am um, pursuing my second doctorate degree. Um, a PhD in uh, learning leadership and curriculum development, sorry, learning leadership and organization development at the University of Georgia. Um, and my personal and professional missions kind of align at this point. Um, it, is, it is my goal to uh, do everything that I can to remove the stigma associated with being a teen mom, a high school dropout, a social welfare recipient, a technical college graduate, um, a GED graduate, and, and so uh, personally and professionally, that's kind of where my efforts are directed. I, I, I want to share the transformative power of um, adult literacy, of technical college education, um, by sharing my story openly and honestly and, and authentically uh, in any way that I can. Well, that's great. We really, really appreciate you guys sharing your stories with us today. Uh, Lizabetta, where can uh, student parents listening today get more information on CAPS? Sure, they can go to our CAPS website at www.caps.decal.ga.gov. Um, and if they want to apply, they can go to Georgia Gateway, which is simply www.gateway.ga.gov. Um, and of course, our DECAL website has all sorts of resources and information as well on it, especially about how to locate quality child care. And I love what um, both Nyasha and Megan said. Uh, with CAPS, you don't have to uh, sacrifice quality for affordable child care. You, you can have it all. You can have both, right? Mm -hmm. So that's good to know. All right. Well, listen, this has been very, very informative. We really appreciate Nyasha and Megan sharing their personal stories uh, with us today. And Elizabeth, as always, we appreciate your work and thank uh, your team. You've got a, quite an amazing team uh, that makes up, actually, I think it's the most employees of any division in DECAL. People may not realize that. Yes, that's correct. We have currently 
um, over 250 staff. Wow. Out of an agency of around 700. So that's, uh, that says a lot and they do great work and uh, we just appreciate everything that they put into it. Um, they will tell you that it's, it's a calling uh, for a lot of them and uh, they just enjoy these success stories so much. So I know they're going to enjoy hearing Naisha and Megan's uh, story. All right. Well, ladies, thanks so much for being with us on the podcast. We look forward to hearing greater stories uh, from you in the future. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Now, what are your questions for Commissioner Jacobs? Let's go to the water cooler. Hi, my name is Haley Nicastro. I work for the Instructional Supports Division as an infant toddler specialist. I'm located in Duluth. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is how much of the overall decal budget comes from state taxes? Well, hey, Haley, and thanks for the question. I think that might be the first time um, that I've gotten that question, but I like that question um, since I come from a budget background. Um, so, you know, our budget is around a billion dollars. And um, overall, uh, our state tax dollars, our state general funds is about 6% of that. So it's a pretty small piece of the pie when you think of state tax dollars. Now, we also receive lottery dollars, which obviously are not taxes. That's, you know, uh, folks play the lottery voluntarily, but we are very dependent upon uh, the Georgia lottery uh, for our Georgia pre-K program. So lottery dollars make up about 42% of our budget. And then federal makes up the largest percentage, which is about 52%. But as far as state tax dollars, it's only about 6.3%. Interesting. And if you want to do a deep dive on that, Haley, <laughs> and everybody else who might be interested, we post our annual report on our website, decal.ga.gov. You just put an annual report. It'll take you there. And you can see a pie chart that uh, is a good visual of what a small little piece of the pie, the state taxes. That's an interesting question, though, because I think a lot of people think, um, because we're a state agency, we might receive the most, but it turns out more federal dollars there in the right. pie. Right. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in our decal download quiz. Here's how it works. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to the question. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. You could win a prize from the World of Coca-Cola Museum, Wild Adventures Theme Park in Valdosta, Waffle House, Shake Shack, The School Box, Georgia Lottery, Georgia Aquarium, or Chick-fil-A. Here's the question. Name one of the CAP student parents featured on today's podcast. Name one of the CAP's student parents featured on today's podcast. Send your answer to decal download at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers and you'll win the prizes. Thanks for playing. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the decal download podcast. The Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning improves outcomes for children and families by strengthening early learning experiences in partnership with early education programs, professionals, stakeholders, families, and communities. Their vision is that every child in Georgia will have equal access to high-quality early care and education. For more information, visit their website at decal.ga.gov. Join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.